0: Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Everybody loves honey-glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato.
1: Wine is made in virtually every country in the world, and I'm ready to give you a tour to find the right one.
0: Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection. This spring at Total Wine & More. (laughs) Cheers! This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. From burnout and exhaustion to joy and fulfillment. Through the act of serving consciously, it's time to rediscover your passion. It's live with Elizabeth and guests on the Contact Talk Radio Network.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and I just want to say thank you to Cameron, um, my producer, for that wonderful birthday greeting. Thank you very much. So, a great way to spend uh celebrate my birthday, uh, spending some time with all of the listeners and with my uh guest today. I'm really excited about our show. And as you know, we um talk each well, every couple of weeks in Serving Consciously in each episode about things related to what it means to be in conscious service and um, elements of the conscious service approach. And as always, you know that you can go to, actually you can can now go to servingconsciously.com and access information if you want to learn more about the conscious service approach. And uh, today we are going to be really talking about ideas related to paradigm shifting and something that I feel is so relevant to what, what's important to consider right now in traditional healthcare and human services systems, and also so relevant to what it means to be of service in the world today. And we're going to look through the lens of future science technology with my guest, Dr. Elliot Maynard. Um, I'd like to remind you uh, that you can call in at 1-844-390-8255. Elliot Maynard is a leading-edge consciousness scientist and conceptual designer. His background spans the fields of zoology, coral reef ecology, oceanography, and tropical rainforest biology. He earned his PhD in consciousness research and served on the faculties of Adelphi University and Dowling College in New York. He is also a certified professional consultant to management. Dr. Maynard is founder and president of Arcos Cilios, not sure if I said that right. Foundation in Sedona, Arizona, and has been active with the World Future Society, the Aerospace Technology Working Group, and the London-based Human- Humanitad International. His fourth and newest book, Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World, presents his new master paradigm for personal and planetary transformation. In addition to his work as a futurist, lecturer, author, educator, and global ecologist, Elliot is an accomplished artist, sculptor, musician, underwater photographer, and documentary film producer. He has been referred to by some of his colleagues as the human from the future. I'm so excited to uh, welcome you today, Dr. Maynard.
2: Well, thank you, Elizabeth, and uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'd like to wish you a very, very happy birthday and (laughs) many, many, many happy birthday returns every day of the year for the next year.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, there's so much to talk about. There is so much to talk about, and I'm really excited to be learning about your work, Dr. Maynard. I wonder if we could start off with, um, with you just telling us a bit about your journey and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing now.
2: Well, I've studied uh, all kinds of nonlinear technology, consciousness, different what I call different types of consciousness technology, etc. over the years, and they finally came to the conclusion that the cycle of kill-or-be-killed, survival of the fittest, and uh, also the rise and fall of empires, which are due to a revolution, and it's just going on to a cycle. One government replaces the other, heads are locked off, and then the the new government just sti- starts to uh, become more and more uh, unable to do things properly. So instead, (laughs) I've created a whole new operating system for humans and the planet Earth because we cannot separate ourselves from Spaceship Earth, which is our environment. And we have to take care of our physical bodies, and we have to take care of the planet. So uh, one of the things I think you brought up and triggered something brand new that I'm thinking about for the first time. I had envisioned that people might try an environmental tithe, just like people in church, giving 10% of sweat equity, money, if you don't have the time, or just energy, which means uh, meditating or praying in your own way, toward mm-hmm. making the world a better place. Now, another tithing might be a consciousness tithe. What do you think of that? Where we put, simply put unconditional love, if you want to call it, or light on positive energy, on the new administration, say, let the things work out, let all of the confusion, because we're rising above the drama level in doing that. And it's a wonderful way to make things better without getting out there and having to uh, demonstrate, or, you know, you can do it at work.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think in my interpretation of what you're saying, a couple of things there, just the interconnectedness of our existence here. I hear you talking about promoting collaboration and community and working together and really spending more energy in what we want to create, what we wish to create, as opposed to putting all of our focus on what we feel isn't working and what we think isn't working.
2: Yes, the old paradigm, and uh, I've been enough embedded enough in the academic and communities, and the scientific communities, institutions, and some government work too. Uh, and I see the same old things going on. People love to get embedded in the process, whereas real leaders, real futurists, I, I claim, don't just extrapolate the trends of the past. They create the future. They walk the talk. They live the dream and the vision. So people have been wanting change and all the uh, the New Age pundits were saying oh you know it's gonna come this way that way well it came and the strange and wonderful uh, what I call the human condition many many people a large percentage do not want change they're afraid of change it's the fear of the unknown. There's another proportion that are stepping into the leadership role and I think if we simply support these things and support the concepts that are good for the earth, all of this will balance out because our government, after all, is checks and balances and the same goes for so above, so below.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I love what you're saying about holding the vision. I incorporate that a lot into, into the work that I do as well, like right from looking at when you're, you know, providing service to someone, another individual, one-on-one, and how we can hold the vision of of wholeness and capacity and, you know, strength, resilience, all of those kinds of things, right through to how we do that on a broader level that includes, like you were saying, you know, our connection to others and, and our connection to the planet. And really, we have to be able to believe that what we wish to create is possible or we're kind of sunk Absolutely. right off the start.
2: Absolutely, and I have come to the conclusion that this new paradigm uh, or new way of thinking uh, is, is, which I've outlined in this new book, is an actual survival imperative. Uh, The use of the intuitive senses, the psychic senses, if you want to call them that, were very, very important when hunting and gathering and survival were all on the table. And you had to be very clever and use your intuitive senses to, to track an animal to bring back and feed the family or the rest of the village uh, over the winter. Now, we've lost this because of the Industrial Revolution and the in, invention of the Gutenberg press, which made mass media possible and all this. But on the other hand, we have uh, what, what futurists used to call a wild card, something the energy energy, And vibrational uh, energy is at the point where we can now slip into meditation instantly. We don't have to live in a cave for 30 years. We can do this for a few (laughs) minutes of work. And, you know, these senses are really, really valuable for anyone to cultivate, whether they're um, a mother at home or a single parent or school teacher, uh, garage mechanic, anything you can think of.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and something I know in the fields that I've worked in, um, as far as intuition is concerned, you know, might be mentioned, but it's definitely not, um, people are not encouraged to, to cultivate that. There's still such no, an emphasis I mean, on evidence-based, you know?
2: Yes, and you know, I believe if the church people, if people, as you know, uh, pastors, if they thought about it they should be leading this uh leading this discussion these things are not the the generally the church establishers not is not very happy discussing what we call miracles although the catholic church finally had they got a shattering glimpse of the obvious and they figured a way to put it on the shelf by creating sainthood you know that's okay right <laughs> but but uh i believe it would be wonderful to um, You know, have little meditations in every school. It doesn't have to be a church. And just have the children close their eyes and think something nice about planet Earth, a little sphere that's uh, rotating above their hands, and connect with their heart. And to send, uh, you know, the light, it's a symbolic of good energy, out to the troubled places in the world. It's been proven that this will work. It's called Invincible Defense Technology.
1: Invincible defense technology, I love that. I've not heard that terminology before. I've heard well, what you're talking about, well, but right. yeah.
2: Physicist John Hagelin, uh, interesting guy, he runs, a, interestingly, a, a school of business which is based on consciousness and goes back to the teachings of Maharishi Yogi. It's very uh, It's very successful, and he created this term not only did that, but he also had a number of people uh, from all walks of life, all faiths, uh, praying for, they had a pretty large group of people in the hospital that uh, was part of the study. They prayed for half of them, and the other was considered the control group, and they found that the ones they prayed for, and they didn't know these people, these were priests, uh, rabbis, they were uh, all faiths. And, they found that their healing was uh, their survival rate was higher their healing time was shorter and it's all documented in nice uh, linear uh, way for the for those who like that
1: absolutely yeah I mean just that connection the mind body spirit connection and and you know you can't separate one from the other um I've done a couple of shows in the past two where we focused on energy and vibration we talked specifically about Reiki and things like that, and I mean, anybody who's used those kinds of modalities themselves would know the shift that, that, that can occur in a very short period of time by just putting the focus on on accessing and tapping into a universal loving energy for ourselves or towards other people.
2: Yes, and you know one of the things, uh, and I myself I've had uh, a hard time with this one, being brought up in new england and and you're taught to be in going through the academic uh, ivory tower system and all this you're taught to be uh, immediately when someone comes up with a new idea you challenge it mm-hmm. and this is old paradigm thinking okay you have to stop that knee-jerk reaction you can see the turmoil that it's caused in our government right now and people just they're into that frustration, striking out mode many of them. In other words, if if the waves change, if the if there's a sea change, meaning a major change in the social consciousness, it's very important to try to find a way to become part of the solution rather than remain beating dead horses and uh, be part of the problem.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's
2: very easy it's very be easy. You shouldn't have to miss days of work and go put light on people and not get Worry about getting fired, and this is a wonderful way for the uh, the ladies' groups to create the social environment they want, you know, and then put the legal laws on top of it, so that it will be Mm -hmm. ultimately choice, uh, you know, a woman's choice. This is so important to free, especially women in third world countries who are regarded as chattel and traded sometimes like uh, cattle or something you know, it's, I've been yes there. I lived in Kuwait yeah. for a year and a half so that's interesting
1: well that must have been very interesting
2: it was it's yeah kingdom, I mean but, I- <laughs> but it's uh, strangely they have the u.s. Constitution as their model but it's a kingdom and they take your passport And I, when I went there as a research scientist uh, they said, well, you have to have a letter to get out of the country. I said, yeah, but it's illegal to take somebody's passport. And they said, it's their country, and they paid you very well and took good care of you. But what can you say?
1: <laughs> wow. <That's laughs>
2: Scary the moment. Golden rule. The second golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> that needs to be taken into account. But but there's more than just gold uh for intrinsic and, and spiritual wealth too so we need to look at all sides of that
1: absolutely i want to go back to to just highlight a point that you were making as far as um you know that we're either part of the solution or we're keeping the the problem in in place and i talk about that a lot too in my work and in looking at um How we, how we contribute to communication, how we contribute to creating our communities within organizations when I'm thinking about people who work in traditional healthcare, human services. Because quite often in the past, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, I I know that this drama is going on or this disagreement is going on in my organization, but I just keep my mouth shut. I'm not contributing to it. But don't, people don't realize that they're contributing on an energetic level and that even if they're not saying anything, Very yeah. important,
2: very important, yeah. and, and you know, through my experience in, uh, you know, going through a number of dis- disciplines and jobs, I realized that this may be smart for some people, but I would say that the first day on their new job, they need to start thinking about uh, making good contacts, being uh, acceptable to the uh, environment, the social environment of the corporation. And then ultimately, over time, the honeymoon will be over in about, usually about six months. And the gatekeepers will start to move around you. And you, if you're not careful, you can get more arrows in your back than your front, you know. And uh, so you, you start to look for an exit strategy. This is just survival. And and I'd like people to think about this because I'll tell you what, I've, I've been there and I've done that and I've made some, Uh, certain errors by sticking my neck out like the turtle you know you can't get ahead if you don't stick your neck out once in a while but the other side of that is you get it you might get it chopped off too if you do it at the (laughs) wrong time
1: (laughs) absolutely and that's where that uh, connection to our intuition comes in very
2: very handy (laughs) yes time to pull head in the shell and the tail too and the feet
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely um Let's take a quick break if we're ready to do that and um, and then come back and and move on with some more specifics about your work, Dr. Maynard. Um, You're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and we'll be right back and carry on our conversation with Dr. Elliot Maynard.
0: for a little inspiration? How about a moment in time to reflect, reframe, and rejuvenate? Join Elizabeth Bishop for Serving Consciously, a new radio show airing on the second and fourth Friday of every month at noon Pacific. Tune in to learn about the conscious service approach And find out how you can integrate who you are with what you do in service to others. Call in and speak directly with experts in the field and find out how they've discovered the joy of serving consciously.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Bishop, and you're listening to Serving Consciously. And today, I'm talking with Dr. Elliot Maynard. And we were getting carried away in our break here, but Dr. Maynard, I'd like to um, ask you. Your book talks of the future man that humanity is evolving into, and I wondered if you could describe for us who and what we are becoming.
2: Yes, uh, we are. Uh, we are making the transition, as one, uh, one writer said, uh, named Yatre, a number of years ago, from the the beast into the Buddha, supposedly it's a long and bumpy trip. I call uh, the new human in the new working in this new matrix Homo Novus, which is is just uh, the that's genus and species. It's a new a new evolution form for humans, a new archetype, and uh, the way that we become uh, familiar with this new paradigm. We're taught from birth by parents, teachers, Sunday school teachers, on and on, never to believe anything we cannot prove to be true. And that usually means endless repetitions, lots of statistics, etc. If we go to the nonlinear mode and say, I'm not going to disbelieve anything I cannot prove to be untrue, I can guarantee you, and and because I've experienced this myself and know others, that your life will begin to change in ways you can't even imagine. And what we would call miracles will begin to uh, happen uh, very serendipitously, and they become commonplace, and we have to learn how to accept these gifts.
1: I love that. Can you say that statement again? I will not disbelieve. Can you say that again?
2: Yes, the new paradigm is I simply uh you can imagine a little switch in your neck or your head or something your brain or a little sticky. I will not disbelieve anything that I cannot prove to be untrue, and that just opens a door. you're saying, "I'll give it a shot, man," and I say, "What have you got to lose? You know you can always go back to the old now, comparing the linear to the nonlinear um, or quantum—it's uh, sometimes called quantum. If you think of a reel-to-reel tape, tape deck, to go to any point, say it's music, any cut on that line, you go forward or backward along that that line. That's just the way the ashtray records work. Uh, in the, I believe it's in the astral realm, and uh, you shift from that to a think of a CD disc, compact disc. The laser goes directly, immediately to the piece of information you want to bring down. And when you are at that point and at that neutral point, the past, present, and future are all in the same place. There's no it's, there's no time. And so you get os, kind of osmotically, you begin to get future uh, things trickling down to you, and especially new ideas and this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It's very practical. I mean, I was up on the roof, coating the roof with, uh, you know, the white stuff you use, and I got this great idea to use the uh, leaf blower to clean clean it up, and it worked like a charm. It just trickled down. I, uh, I s- slept one night, and I was kind of frustrated. The next morning, there it was.
1: <clears throat> I love that. Me. I love that, and I really...
2: Away. They're really, really Sorry, nuts and bolts things in your life. I mean, these are Things every child should learn. We should be encouraging them to do this.
1: Yes, and really, it's like opening up your mind to see something. Like just, just for a moment, believe there that, that there is more that you could learn or see or have access to than what you've got right now. Like that really is to me a miracle when we experience that. When suddenly you know the we realize that the answer to something is right in front of us and was the whole time but we could not see it because of having a narrow view of a limited perspective right
2: yes one of my mentors used to call us a shattering glimpse of the obvious you know <laughs> that's like the church, the the catholic church got when when they had a man uh, uh one of their their monks uh padre pio is his name was documented being in two cathedrals at the same time, something close to that two churches or and people were talking about it in both congregations and they that was very embarrassing for them, so they had to make them a saint you know <laughs> <laughs> Puck them up in that I love it. hole. it's okay yes. We don't talk about it, but there is you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i but I think that it's so powerful for us as as human beings to to consider you know um how we view or define miracles and to you know think about the times in our lives when something just occurred or something happened that took care of a big problem or you know like like you were describing having an inf- information trickle down that was a huge insight or aha moment and really seeing that as being the miraculous moments in our lives because the more we pay attention to that and look for it the more it happens, and I think that's what you were just saying.
2: Yes, and what we're really doing here is, um, um, say you're in, uh, you're an athlete, and I've, I've done this in, in swimming, and you try different, different things about your stroke, and of course the coach will time it and see, and what you do is eliminate the negatives and uh, take on and focus on the positives, and over time. Uh, I believe that, that many things that we call miracles are simply, uh, a lot of tiny steps in the right direction that come to fruition and everything goes kaboom and falls right into place. And that can be, that can be kind of upsetting at times, (laughs) So you have to (laughs) learn how to deal with it and be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Cause then you have to
1: manage (laughs) Absolutely. And sometimes it does come about in ways that, uh, that our little mind was not able to see and that like yeah. can be the unsettling part of it. Right? right. Right. I always feel like you were saying when you were talking about going into a new environment, say work environment or whatever, and kind of going through that process of adapting to what's happening and what's expected and all of that. That's a big part of the work that I I do as well is really trying to um, encourage people to get in touch with what they feel they're, their great contribution is at this point, because that can of course shift over our lifetime. But what's really giving you a sense of joy, a sense of fulfillment, um, what just feels like it's on fire really inside of you that you want to follow, because that can be such powerful guidance to understand how you're going to contribute and, and, um, you know, what you're going to offer. And, you know, with the work that that I do, what you're going to offer through service to other people and within the organizations that you find yourself in. And really, I mean, that to me, when I followed that path, um, I really have seen what felt like, to me, miracles and things falling into place. Yes. Was just a-
2: yes and, you know, it's a common tendency. I was, I was kind of taught this way in school that Oh, you always raise your hand, and you've got to say something about every subject. Well, think about those those awful meetings. They can be board meetings or just these meetings at work. And the, this functional, old, uh, linear way of doing things is everybody has to put in their two cents, even if they don't have anything smart to say. You know, it's, if it's something stupid, throw it in there. <laughs> people need to discipline themselves to form a team if you don't have anything constructive to say just don't say it and there are ways to correct somebody if you say well look i understand your point there you're creating a bridge but have you considered this it as an option and that way you don't push somebody's red button and all of a sudden you start swinging at each other you know whatever and if people would just move ahead as a team, like a school of fish do, or a good basketball team, and just not put up that uh, look at me, uh, it's another meter called it the. the uh, Mexican hat dance syndrome. Ay, yay, 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 you know. And the <laughs> selfies are a perfect example of what's going on here. Look at me. I can't get enough of myself. Oh my God. Get over yourself and, and see how much fun it is to start jamming with people in the musical sense so you're in harmony, you're moving ahead. And that feeling of accomplishment is really really something as you know, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, as you were talking, I just flashed back to a time I often recall when, it, when I'm thinking about group work and team and stuff like that, um, where I was working with a group of my colleagues in an organization and we were developing, um, looking at our ethics uh policies and all of that because we had come up against uh an ethical issue in the organization that we hadn't considered, you know, we didn't see it coming. And so we got this team of people together and, you know, not all of us were always like-minded and on the same page, which is a great, you know, mix to have. You do want alternative perspectives, but we ended up having such a beautiful time. It it is still stands out in my memory of one of the most productive and harmonious working experiences ever um, that I've had in my whole career, because I've certainly had a lot of the other ones, you know.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yes and what what's really interesting yeah. is when you get into other cultures the game changes and you have to be aware of this and and one of the things I tell people when they say how can I make the world a better place I said put yourself in the other person's moccasins okay mm-hmm. and start to see their point of view and I heard uh, I had uh, many good friends when I worked in Kuwait uh Brits and and people from France and And people from Palestine, you know, Palestinians, Israelis were there, a few of them. And we all had the same thing. We'd start talking and say, we could have some tea or a couple of beers and sit down and solve any problems we have. And they all said, it's our damn government. You know, it's a government policy. That's interesting. And another thing that's kind of a, a, a folk saying over there is, you have to have a fight with an Arab to be friends with them, and this mm. if you go to the market to buy something and you see something really nice, you know some kind of an artifact or something, and you want to buy it and you you can see these guys they start yelling at each other and almost come to blows and then shake hands they they use the word falas, which means finished done you shake hands, you have tea, and just everything's new again it's something yeah. You know, it's quite amazing, but there's truth in this. And when we learn these these uh, idiosyncrasies or different different systems in each culture, we can be much better at building bridges. And this is true with,
1: with Absolutely. other people.
2: If you look at their point of view and why they're thinking this way. And we have a share of gatekeepers that just want to stop. They want to cut things down because that's that's their power, you know.
1: Right. And it becomes more powerful and more real when we give it away to them too and act as though we, there's nothing that we can do as individuals and that we have no power and that there's nothing, you know, not, that nothing that we can do to shift our own reality. You know, I love what you were well, saying there about conflict. Uh, Sorry, go yeah, ahead. And
2: psychic, ahead. Uh, okay. I do talk about psychic protection It's very, very important, especially when you're around other psychically sensitive people, uh, that you need to keep your own space. You need to not invade other space, um, inappropriately and there's some guidelines and you also need to um, one of the the life sayings that i put in one of my books is uh keep most of your marbles in the bag in other words you can give out things like you're suggesting but if you dump all your all your marbles on somebody to give them they'll just take them and run very often so you have to <laughs> the buddhists call it right discrimination and mm-hmm. if if kids were taught from their very earliest beginnings, if they're Christian or something, they the golden rule, do unto others as you would expect them to do to you. And the Buddhists have a golden path that way. And there's the law of karma. And that's the thing. If, if people have learned at the earliest age, if they do something really bad, you know, something negative and disruptive, it's going to come back to bite them. Can you imagine how much better the office meetings would be if people would learn to, you know, behave that way?
1: Absolutely. And and I, I find in my work I talk a lot about self-connection and really being connected to what's happening inside. And I think that aligns with what, with what you're saying. Because I find, you know, we often, if we're connected to ourselves and we choose to act in a way that is harmful to another person, we often don't have to wait that long to feel the ill effects of that. It's, it's quite often, you know, like the words turn sour in your mouth before they leave, you know, and you feel that when you're connected to yourself and it helps you to stop and, and sort of step back into your power in that moment, I find. But of course, you know, we all go in and out of connection, right? <laughs> to ourselves.
2: Yes. And you, and you know, uh, it's very important. I, I found out in fairly, you know, recently in my life, that I'm an empath, and therefore I was picking up other people's things. And, and if I'd known this in school and my interactions with the teachers and all of this, I uh, would have been a lot different. Nobody ever told me mm-hmm. this, but I think a number of people are this way, and they'll feel fear, but it's coming from the other person or other people.
1: Yeah.
2: And you think yeah. it's, you it- automatically think, oh. That's me, i got to fix that. No, you got to look at, that might be the other people. And I, I've had friends and, and acquaintances that, that will go to a concert. They would, one of my best friends was telling his mother would take him to a concert, and he'd sit there, and he'd, he'd know all the thoughts of the people all around him, and he'd get really squirmy. He wasn't a good concert listener for that reason.
1: <laughs> what a what a waste of, of the uh, potential enjoyment, but it's so true, and I and I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I find that um, most of the people that I've met over the course of my career that go into uh, human services and healthcare to, you know, be a helping professional in one way or another, are quite sensitive, um, and are empaths and pick up on a lot of energy. That's part of what makes people. I think draws them to working and serving other people, as well yes, as yes. makes people good at what they do.
2: Um, yes, but and then people the reward. There's parts. a, there's a, an. Ad, you know, I've always felt that addiction, addiction is a very positive survival factor. It's kind of in the genetic. Con- it's programmed into the consciousness because if you didn't uh, have this, this sense. Uh, you know, you weren't going to survive in the in the wilderness very well. Now, of mm-hmm. course, th- some of these behaviors are backfiring on us because we've we've quantum leapfrogged from. I mean, the internet is what you would call a wild card for futurists. We knew it was coming, but now we have the global brain, and now there's a there's a whole layer of consciousness above that with the satellites that are that are moving around, giving different. Um, They're feeding into central computers. At some point, uh, I believe there will be a virtual Earth, something like like Google Earth, where it'll be in real time. Imagine accessing that. You can look at any point on the Earth and see what's going on there. You can go to that point, and there would be news blurbs and and videos and any part of the Earth. uh, Interesting.
1: Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing.
2: We have the technology to do it. We just aren't there yet.
1: But we will be, that's for sure. Let's uh, take another quick... Sorry, go ahead.
2: uh, I was just going to... You know, I talk about channeling as a scientific resource, being able to get information you can get nowhere else, save millions of dollars and years in time. And I went to a, I've cross-referenced this in, in scientifically. I went to a, a presentation by Bashar, you know, Daryl Anka, and I said, mm-hmm. I was asking about ideas, and he came up with this idea about the the so-called vibrational energy that all where people have been talking about and how it's come up and up and up. He said, if you took one of us in this, in this workshop and put them back 100 years in a In a marketplace or tavern or something, they would seem to glow, because the energy is so much higher. The average now—that's pretty amazing. That's beautiful. That came out of nowhere. That is
1: really amazing. Yeah, that is really amazing. That and what you just opened up a little pocket in my mind. Yeah, I hadn't even. I thought you were going to say if you put us back, we might spontaneously combust.
2: Hey, I've got a book that shows a picture of one of those walkers with some ashes. And uh, way back, Johnny Carson put on somebody that, Somebody made, made a, uh, a movie. It was kind of a documentary about exploding old people and all this, and they'd go and. They'd run out of the old folks' home and into the water smoking, you know, to try, try to put the fire on. And I know they're making fun of this, but but these things are real if you start researching mm-hmm. it.
1: Pretty amazing. Yeah. Let's take a, another quick break, and then we'll come back and have some more conversation. I'm Elizabeth Bishop. You're listening to Serving Consciously, and we're talking today with Dr. Elliot Maynard. We'll be right back.
0: Are you a helping professional looking for inspiration, resources, and community? Visit socialworkhelper.com for relevant articles and learning opportunities. Connect with other difference makers in the world. socialworkhelper.com Tired of the same old boring training sessions? You know, those ones you sit in all day and take very little from. Head over to ElizabethBishopConsulting.com to learn more about the conscious service approach and how your organization can benefit from webinars, online programs, and in-person workshops. Renew your sense of connection with yourself and others in real and meaningful ways. Be inspired. Be encouraged. Be energized. Be you and love what you do.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Serving Consciously with um, my guest today, Dr. Elliot Maynard. And um, oh, I cannot believe how quickly these this hour goes by. Um, I'd like to ask you, Dr. Maynard, how, you know, we were just talking on the break about this whole notion of serving consciously and, and what this, my particular radio show is about. And I'd like to just get your thoughts on how you see your work and future science technology having relevance Um and expanding consciousness for people who are working in healthcare and human services or who find themselves in the role of being of service to other people in the world right now?
2: Well, this is a very, very, uh, it's a very wonderful thing to do. Uh, being a caregiver, it's one of the things that I'm not very good at, but I appreciate other people that are, I'm, you know, each of us are better at certain things than others and caring, Uh, And working consciously, if we go back to those office meetings, if you have children or grandchildren, you know that when kids are at a certain age, they just talk at you. You know, little Mm -hmm. voices come up and they're talking at you. At a certain age, uh, they start to turn into more little uh, human beings and they start to engage with you. If people were taught to actually engage, and how many times have you been in a restaurant And you have the the waiter, wait person come up and go, blah, 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 blah. And you realize they're just talking at you. You were having a conversation and relaxing and maybe sipping some wine or something. And you go, whatever, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because a good wait person waits for the right moment and engages people. And the same is true with caregivers. This is so important especially to people who are uh, older folks who are confused. They just need a little kindness because uh, it, it's easy to just say, oh, what a cranky old fart, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. But these folks appreciate little things, you know, something specially like a little candy or something, and it means a lot to them. When you do this, it is this kind of uh, feeling is very addictive, and, and it brings back the most wonderful feeling of um happiness for the caregiver and and the other person too of people and yes. it is addicting and the more you learn the more you get upgraded and then you have to deal with that and <laughs> go through the whole process again <laughs> but yes, uh,
1: <laughs> yes. Cre- the more that you
2: creative, uh, Positive energy and consciousness uh, work is very addicting. It's, there's a compulsion to do it, and if you want to advance, you have to keep sharing. And this is why I, I share some personal things that if I can help one other person in the world, that's good enough for me.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, I really agree with so much of what you just said there. And, and I really feel like you know, our capacity to be engaged and present in the moment with other people well, to me, it's a direct reflection of our capacity to be connected to ourselves and and present within our own experience as well. Because the more that we're able to do that, the more we're able to, to integrate that into our interpersonal relationships. And so for sure, as we get... You know, evolving in that process and we have the rewards, like we feel the rewards from that. We are asked to continue to do that more and more and more and come from that place of engagement. But that's how relationships are created. And in, and in any kind of service to other people, that is the, the whole point. Without the relationship, without that presence, there's not much that can really happen. You know, as far as well, growth or healing. Yes.
2: And, and I think we have to remember that, um, when we talk about a human, uh, man is, is mankind, and he was a uh, ancient Paley word for, for God or the source of energy. So think about that. And uh, we forget that. Mm-hmm. We forget that a lot with those, uh, um, what my scientists call people. Uh, he said that people are engaging with the electronic tit. You know, they're on that cell phone, and we've had people walking off the cliffs in California on that, you know, just busy, and off they go. And so mindfulness, oh yes, very important. And and teaching mindfulness in with these older folks is, will help them find the keys. All of this it's very simple. They just need to go make a little check in their mind when they put the keys down or put them in the same place every time. And these things will make their lives so much happier. They're, they're small things and they also make, uh, the caregivers happier too. And, uh, and so everybody feels good about it. That's yeah, that's idea. a good
1: example. Yeah, that's a good example. And I feel like, you know, whenever we're promoting, when, when we're working with other individuals and we're promoting certain strategies that might be helpful for them, so for example, mindfulness or something like that, it's always so much pr- more powerful if we're walking that walk ourselves, you know um, yeah, so as and, service and providers we must be
2: humble yeah. when we do that because um, it's a human tendency, what I call a human condition that mm-hmm. if you get really good at what you do, um, some of the people that you know instead of them trying to learn from you they will rebel and become uh, gatekeepers or backstabbers. And, you know, we always have to watch out for that. And it's just something like we have to go through that little minefield and dance uh, between the mines and do the best we can to create bridges. And then at at some point, you'll probably move on to a newer and better position. And nobody, a previous boss, can really default you from moving on to a better job. That's something you can remember. And it will come to you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You I usually, agree. I agree when you. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we are in our, our, you know, most powerful place and we're really um embracing our gifts and what we're here to contribute and do that from a place of humility. Um, I really do feel that that does happen. We expand into different places where we're then called to next, you know, Um, but very, very powerful um guidance and I think with what we're talking about today and and everything to me that makes up serving consciously and all of the work that you're working on I mean sometimes the most important thing is that we're integrating it into our own lives you know and quite often that's the motivation right to learn ourselves embracing
2: embracing our gifts that's not an easy thing uh uh, I find it's not easy uh it's something I've had to work on and you know once you get you know you get what you ask for you you have to say, "Oh you you know the old the old paradigm says "I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, yeah, yeah, and, and people beating themselves on the head with some kind of a book and and then no, you just say, Thank you, spirit, thank you, you know God, or whoever you're you're, you're the higher energy, and you go right on to the next step, boom, just like that, yes, yes. And you learn to put it on and Thank as- you." <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and as we embrace those gifts, uh, we're called to use them, and that's the yes, way it goes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what, Dr. Maynard, as we're wrapping up today, I'd like to um, just give you an opportunity to tell listeners where they can find you. How can they connect yes. with
2: you? Um, you? You are going to have this posted uh, on your website, the, uh, our uh, foundation.
1: Yes, I am. I'm going to include the information. I just don't want to say it wrong. Is it www.acrocielos?
2: It's Arco Arco Cielos. Uh, the reason it Arcos. was named that, uh, our research center is we saw a triple rainbow the day we came close uh, to this property. So it Beautiful. it uh, refers to bridges and understanding between bridges between ancient and modern science. Between uh, traditional science and shamanism and and techno shamanism, see is the best of our mechanical medicine and things like this and space flight, all of this.
1: Very oh, that's that's beautiful. I love that. And yes, the website will be posted on your website. Information and contact information will be posted on my website as well, um, along with the replay link. Um, Yes, and the
2: books are available on Amazon, um, Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World by Elliot E-L-L, two L's and two T's, I-O-T-T, Maynard, and uh, you can find interviews on our website and also on YouTube, too.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, What an enlightening conversation today. I want to thank you very much, Dr. Maynard, for being here uh, today. I always encourage that people in uh, service are finding joy and fulfillment for themselves. And uh, it's been a wonderful day for me to spend part of, or part of the day uh, celebrating my birthday, because this is something that brings me a lot of joy and fulfillment in my life as well. So um, I know that listeners will be looking for more because we just touched the tip of the iceberg today. So thank, thank you so much for being here.
2: And thank you, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for uh, for tuning in. And more yes. power to you, and many, many, many happy returns to everyone involved.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Maynard. So remember, everyone, that you can find more information by going to servingconsciously.com, and of course, Dr. Maynard's interview will be up there and his contact information, as well as previous uh, shows or anything else that you want to find out as far as conscious service is Concerned. Thank you so much for being here today. You've been listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop. Uh, Thank you again to Dr. Elliot Maynard, and we will see you next time in a couple of weeks.
0: You've been listening to Serving Consciously with your host, Elizabeth Bishop. Consciously create your approach to work. Visit www.elizabethbishopconsulting.com. Join us on every second and fourth Friday at noon to continue rediscovering your passion. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé.
1: Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too.
0: My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. (laughs) Cheers! Cheers! Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch?
1: Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fine hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling.
0: Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers!